Hello and welcome to Empire Builders, the place for entrepreneurs, business owners and experts who want to build an epic empire. I'm Nick James and thanks for joining me here today. Hey, hey, how you doing? Nick James here. What a phenomenal time to be alive. Episode seven, apparently, of Open and Real Q&A with Nick J. It's been a while, hasn't it, Jav? It has. It's been a good three or four weeks since we've um, sat down and uh, recorded an episode, so good to be back. Sorry for the delay. Um, and it's all my fault, by the way. It's not Jav's fault at all. It's all my fault because we were... We were doing an event in Dubai, and then we had a three-day event last week, and loads of mastermind events, things like that. So it's just been absolutely hectic. But um, let's get stuck in. What's the first question you got for me, Jav? So the first one is from Carol Uri, and it's, what recommendations have you got for podcast content and structure? Is the Empire Builders podcast on many platforms, and what are your best tips for getting started? Carol, that was three questions. She's <laughs> getting greedy. That was three questions in one. Um, so the first one was uh, what's the recommended structure for podcast episodes? Is that right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> Carol, if you've been listening to this podcast um, for any length of time, you'll have probably seen, heard that I don't really have a preferred structure, as it were, for the podcast. So some episodes, especially the early episodes, probably episodes one to... 20 or 1 to 30 were a mix of me doing solo content. Um, so they would be 15, 20, 30 minutes, just me talking about a subject in particular, or interviews where I'd interviewed somebody else, a guest. So the solo episodes were normally 15, 20, maybe 30 minutes. The guest interviews were more are more, because we still do those occasionally, more like 45 to 60 minutes probably. Um, And then of course, um, more recently, we've started doing the Q&A episodes. Um, I personally like the Q&A episodes best because um, it means that, well, first of all, I don't have to do any prep as such, other than Jav just um, basically running me through the questions in 30 seconds before we hit record, that's it. So it doesn't need much much prep from me. Um, so I really like the Q&A format. And the other bit of advice, Carol, that I'll give you, um, and again, you might have noticed this, is we, we repurpose quite a lot of stuff that we do elsewhere. So, you know, for example, if I occasionally do a Q&A after dinner, sometimes at one of our events or one of our retreats, uh, we'll record that and put that on the podcast or, um, you know, maybe I do a new talk at an event somewhere or I do a new webinar online. Um, we'll record those and then where appropriate, publish them for the podcast. Um, second part of that was what platforms are we on? Yeah. So, um, Jav, you know what? I'm putting you on the spot. Why don't you answer this one? Um, so where do we publish, first of all, and then what platforms are we on primarily? Yeah, so to publish, we use Omni Studio. Um, which is spelled O-M-N-Y, yeah. I believe, Omni Studio. It's good because it, you can track all your analytics on it. You can see which are your best performing podcasts. So, yeah, that's what we use to publish. And then where we publish, we publish anywhere possible. So everywhere you can find a podcast, we're on there. And I think Omni Studio syndicates it automatically for yeah. you on all platforms. But the main ones that we're on, I suppose, are the main ones. Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher are the four 
that I think I'm aware of. But like you say, anywhere where you could possibly, that's why having something like, like Omni Studio or similar is good because you put it in one place and then it just syndicates it everywhere. Um, and what was the final part of this three-parter from Carol? The final part is best tips for getting started. Yeah, um, best tips for getting started. I mean, the great thing is, um, and you know, we've we've evolved uh, the equipment and everything since we started, but I started off with a little Zoom HD uh, recorder. I think I think all the equipment that I bought to start with cost like 100, 150 quid total. Little lapel mic, little Zoom HD MP3 recorder, um, and then we would just upload it to Omni Studio. Um, yeah, I, I would say starting off with you know simple equipment, some kind of platform like Omni Studio, and um, maybe start off with like guest interviews is quite an easy way to get started. Um, rather than having to, I really struggle. The hardest thing for me to do when it comes to content is to like create content and deliver it um, like just on my own, like a solo episode of a podcast. I really struggle with that. Whereas I'm much better when I've got questions being fired at me and there's somebody else in the room or there's somebody to interview and I can bounce off them. So I personally prefer doing it that way. Amazing. Cool, next question. The next one is from Natalie Potts. Yes. She wants to know, what sacrifices have you made during your career? What sacrifices have I made during my career? Um, yeah, lots is probably the, the easiest answer. I think for, for many years, I actually, um, to be really honest, sacrificed the business for a social life, which was, you know what, I, I don't ever want to, regret anything like that was just where i was at that stage in my life so you know i was mid-20s when i started my business so i wasn't ready to give up my social life in my mid-20s um and there's certainly been a lot of sacrifices since then um you know i uh, i'll give you one example natalie so um i missed my son's i want to say first birthday or second birthday i can't remember i think it might have been the first birthday or second birthday um ties this is my my youngest boy um because i was at an event in america and i remember um it, it haunted me to this day because i remember being at this conference in america and it, it was really important that i went um because right then at that point in time like me being in the states and connecting with people and building those relationships was really critical and valuable to the business. I remember FaceTiming on the day and I was in bits, man. I was so, like, I, I was really, really upset. Um, and I promised there and then that I'd never do that again. I was like, that that was a sacrifice I made. At the time, it felt like the right thing to do for the business. But what I realized later is it's not a sacrifice worth making and I regretted it. So um, yeah, that, there's now lines which I won't cross and sacrifices I won't make. Um, but yeah, that's just one that sticks in my mind when you talk about sacrifices. And I'm sure if you ask my wife, she would list the sacrifices I've made, the things I haven't done that maybe I should have. And um, look, you know, I think there's been um, there's been a lot of sacrifices, and I think yeah, you, you do have to do some of that. But I do think it's smart um, to decide, set the intention, be deliberate, 
what are the sacrifices you are willing to make for your business and what are the sacrifices you're not willing to make for your business. Because I think once you, if you decide upon those before you begin, or at least, you know, make those decisions, then in the future, when those um, dilemmas occur, the decision's already been made. That's a that's a line that I won't cross. That's a, like for me now, missing one of my kids' birthdays, line I won't cross. That said, um, I just missed my, my wedding anniversary when I was in Dubai at this event. Um, and you know what? That is more a sacrifice I'm willing to make, and my wife, Nat, understands, because that was an event that was not our event, so we didn't get to set the date, and it was a big opportunity for us, and it went really well. Um, and, of course, we had our anniversary celebrations when I got back and, you know, went out and um, I think we spent, if I remember correctly, it was a whole month ago now, I can't remember. Um, I think we went to London for a couple of nights and had an amazing meal and all that kind of good stuff. So we still celebrated, just not on the specific day. Um, but yeah, I think you just need to decide what are the sacrifices you're willing to make and what are you not willing to sacrifice and then stick to it. I wish I'd done that at the start. I didn't, I kind of just worked it out as I went along. Next question. Um, that brings us quite nicely onto the next question, actually. Okay, which is? From Nick Feeney. Yeah. Um, what makes you a good husband and father? Um, well, none of the things I just mentioned, <laughs> clearly. Um, what makes me a good husband and a good father? Um, so, you know, you know what? Like, I could give you a long list of things that I don't do very well as a husband and as a dad. Like, I am certainly not perfect. I don't think anybody is. Um, I think it's hard for me to answer this without going, here's all the stuff I'm crap at, because I think people deserve, everyone deserves the, the context and the reality. I don't, I don't wanna mislead um, or misrepresent my role as a husband or a dad. So I, I do think that, you know, I, um, I am, I've said this many times, both on this podcast and, you know, at Mastermind and things like that. I am probably what you might call quite a selfish person in that I put myself first so that I can be the best CEO, founder, husband, dad possible. Because if I didn't carve out time every day for myself to be healthy and fit and get myself in the right mental, emotional, and spiritual place, then I wouldn't be able to do what I do. So I am a bit selfish from that perspective. I think that's what actually makes me quite a good dad and husband, because I'm able to show up and be present and be in great energy. You know, if I didn't do those things, then I'd be like, I might be very angry, depressed, sad, all of these negative things, which let's face it, no one wants a husband or a dad who is angry, frustrated, depressed, sad, or any of those things. So I do think that spending time focusing on me helps me do better in other areas. And also we have, I have very um, like carved out, scheduled time that's protected for my family. So um, one of the best things I've done in a long time, um, and I remember thinking about doing it um, in the summer and it was a big financial commitment, so I wasn't really sure. But without doubt, one of the best things I've done in ages was purchase four season tickets in the hospitality section for me, Nat, Zach and Ty. Because it means that every couple of weeks, we've got a day, the four of us, doing something we love together, and it's scheduled. Like, because 
all the fixtures for the whole season are in the diary. So I go, that is one of the best things I've done. Obviously, we all love doing it, it's great, but it means that we've got that time. And, and actually, otherwise, what happens is life takes over and you end up getting um, bogged down with stuff that needs doing in the business at the weekend. Or it's like, there is, it's a non-negotiable that like yesterday, um, at, from a, you know uh, 11 o'clock in the morning until probably we got home at about half six, seven o'clock in the evening, that was a family day and nothing gets in the way of it. And so having that, first of all, I've spent a lot of money on it. Um, and secondly, all the dates and they're all scheduled in the diary now up until like May next year. So I think having that carved out time, I think is really important. And look, you don't have to go and spend a load of money um, and, you know, and, and go to football matches if that's not your thing. But I think it's having scheduled time. Um, the other thing that I think me and Nat have always done really well, like, through our whole marriage, our whole relationship, um, is we've always carved out time for us. Um, and we like doing a lot of the same things, fortunately. So, you know, we go away probably at least once a quarter for a couple of nights, just us, no kids. Um, we go out for dinner, like date night, probably um, every other week. Um, we probably take the kids out for food, you know, at least once every other week as well. So we've we've got that time carved out, dedicated, it's a family time, so um, yeah. I'd like to think those are some of the things that make me a good dad and husband. And um, maybe we should get Nat back on the podcast. She was on, do you remember, we'd, have you listened to that episode, Jav? It's an old episode, old episode. Um, it was one of the early ones where I, uh, I interviewed my wife um, about what is it like to be the wife husband, girlfriend, boyfriend, partner, significant other of, you know, a busy entrepreneur. Um, so yeah, that might be, we might have to do episode two or part two of that. She'll hate every minute of it, especially if we're filming it in the office. Like it was bad enough when we recorded the audio, she hated that like pretty badly, but if we actually get her in the in the office on camera, she'll hate it, which I'll quite enjoy. So let's make it happen. Hey, real quick, if you've been listening to the Empire Builders podcast for any length of time, you'll know that I do not run ads on this podcast. And what you should also know about me is that I only partner with companies who I absolutely 100% believe in. And so I'm making an exception because of my partnership and my loyalty to Keep. So since 2010, I've been using Keep, which was previously known as Infusionsoft, to automate all the sales and marketing in my business, deliver world-class experience to my clients, run e-commerce reports, manage affiliates, partners, and loads more. I really believe that Keep is the best CRM on the planet for small businesses, for entrepreneurs that are building their empire. Many of my guests on this podcast use it, and pretty much all of my closest friends in the industry also use it. That should speak volumes. So uh, Infusionsoft recently rebranded to keep K-E-A-P and what they've also done is brilliantly made it even more affordable, even more usable for businesses that are at different stages of their journey. So go and get a free demo. All you need to do is go to keep.com, that's K-E-A-P, keep.com forward slash empire builders. And by using that link, I've negotiated the best possible deal 
for Empire Builders subscribers. So go to keep.com forward slash Empire Builders. You get a free demo, and when you go through that unique link, it means you'll get the best possible deal because you're a subscriber of this podcast. So let's get back to the show. Brilliant. Right, the last two are from Claire Morton. Yes, Claire, what you got? She says, who, besides me of course, do you trust most in the business? So besides Jav, who do I trust most in the business? Um, you know what, I think I'd have to say, and I'd like to think that we've created um, a, an environment of trust within our team. I'd like to think that's the case and you know Jav and some of the other team members might might be able to comment more on that than I can. Um, but I absolutely I think more than anybody else I trust my leadership team and, and I think I have to like they couldn't do their jobs unless I did. So um, you know Jack is head of sales. I trust him completely with sales. That doesn't mean that I don't support him with it, but I trust him completely to make the decisions on the sales front. Ad on marketing, same thing. Natalie on client experience and events, same thing. Shelley on people, same thing. Um, And actually, there's two other people that I probably should mention. One is Claire. Now, Claire is my executive assistant, and um, I have to mention her because when it comes to trust, like, she has access to everything like literally she has access to my personal bank account she has access to all of my social media my well, by the way some of the, the marketing team have got access to my social media like they could stitch me up something right if they, <laughs> they really wanted to um i do I, you know what i do think on reflection um the more i should talk about this i think i'm quite a trusting person as in like sean was the other person i was going to mention he's our finance manager he hasn't been with us that long He's got access to all the bank accounts. Like he has got access and control over hundreds of thousands of pounds. And like, I trust him because if I don't, if I play the game of wanting to hold on to control of everything and not in, not empower people to um, own things, control things, um, manage things, then I become the bottleneck for everything in the business. So I have to give that amount of trust. And you know what? Like. Some people will listen to this or watch this and go, Nick, that's stupid, that's naive. Um, you know, you, you're exposed and, and you're not protecting yourself enough or your business enough or your money enough. I go, maybe, you may be right, maybe. But equally, if I go too far the other way, then we can't grow, we can't scale because I control everything. So, um, yeah, I do think probably the leadership team and the couple of people that work closest with me. Um, but, you know, I trust Matt. Elwell, my business partner in the Elite Closing Academy, I trust him completely. There's so, you know what? Like straight up, there's so many times where he's demonstrated um, complete and utter loyalty to me and to what we're doing. Um, the amount of times I know that he's been approached by people and said, "Let's do a little deal over here." Nick doesn't need to know about it because instead of you sharing it all with Nick, you can do me a deal over here privately and but but he won't do it and so i know and it happened a lot in the early days of our partnership and probably less so now because we've got a more established um company and partnership but there was a lot of it in the early days and you know and i think i i do i trust matt as well completely 
there isn't really anyone I don't trust in, in the company. If there was, then they wouldn't be here, quite frankly, because I think you've got to, you've got to trust your people, uh, you've got to trust the team around you. Love it. And the way that you've structured the company, I think everybody trusts everyone. Like, there isn't one person in here that I wouldn't trust, so. Yeah, I, I, I like to think so. I, I think what's interesting on the subject of trust is there's two different types of trust, isn't there? And actually, we spoke about this on the recent episode with Jeff, um, who's my coach. Uh, if you haven't listened to that episode or watched that episode, you definitely should. Um, we spoke about there's trust like I can leave my wallet and some cash on the side and you're not going to nick it. That's one level of trust. But I think within an organisation, and Jeff talks about this a lot and, and certainly... Um, is more of an authority on this subject than I am, is trust that's built within a group of people or between two people or within a team, which means that I trust that I can be completely open, completely honest, say what's on my mind, um, I can be vulnerable, I can be completely transparent, and I trust that when I do those things, you're not going to respond negatively, think badly of me, get upset. Like we've got enough of a relationship there. If you think about um, in most cases, the person or the people in your life that you're most likely to be brutally honest with are your best friends and your family. Why? Because there's trust there. Because you know that the love is unconditional. That I can say things to my wife that I wouldn't say to another human being on the planet and vice versa. Um, I mean, she's an incredible human being and she will sometimes say things to me and talk to me. She would never say that to anybody else, but she can say it to me because she knows that she's in a safe environment whereby no matter what she says, I love her, I love her unconditionally. She could never really like say anything that would cause me to no longer love her. So I think when you've got that level of trust, that's really the trust that I'm interested in and talk about within an organization. Trust that, you know, I can give someone access to the bank account, they're not gonna steal the money, that's one thing, but trust that I can give them the harsh feedback, that they will give me the harsh feedback and that we'll, we'll be totally honest with one another. That's, that's a much deeper, and for me, more important, more valuable level of trust. Great answer. Thanks. Okay, the final one. Final question. Is also from Claire. Okay. And she said, what or who brings you joy? What or who brings me joy? Um, you know what? And I think this, this probably, um, it's a great question. And the answer to it probably is really the answer when it comes to like, how do you just have the happiest, most fulfilled life is you've got a hell of a lot of answers to that question. So when you say, what or who brings you most joy? I go, I, I find joy, of course, in my family, Nat and the kids. Um, I find joy in seeing the team win and celebrate um, and individuals in the team win. I find joy in client wins and successes and the amount of compliments I'll get from you know clients or people that come to our events. Hosting our big events gives me joy. Going to the football, 
Watching Villa gives me joy when we win. Um, won 3-1 against Man United yesterday. Lots of joy yesterday. Um, even, you know, taking my kids to football, um, training on a Friday night when it's pissing it down. Like, you know, that gives me joy. So, like, there's so many different areas of my life where I can find joy, happiness, fulfilment. And, you know, who and what. Um, but that's, that's it, isn't it? That's the game that we're all playing. Surely the game of life is how can you find as many people and as many ways to experience joy and fulfillment as possible? And having a business is just one vehicle for that. I actually don't think everyone is supposed to have a business. If everyone was supposed to have a business, then no businesses would have employees. So that wouldn't make sense. So I don't think everyone's supposed to have a business. For a lot of people, the source of joy is not going to come from having a business because that's not how they're wired. Their, their natural um, genius, their personality styles, the traits of their personality that are, that are their strengths, their gifts are not necessarily suited to being a business owner. And so I think, first of all, having the self-awareness to go like, how can I create as many activities that I do day in, day out, week in, week out, be around as many people day in, day out, week in, week out that give me joy and then build your life and build a business if you want to build a business around that. Um, one of the reasons a lot, a, lot of, um, a lot of my peers, if you like, ask me this. So um, I'm a member of a couple of masterminds. I was at a mastermind meeting last Monday, actually, in London. And in the group, there's probably about... There's about 20 odd members of this group, uh, although there was a much smaller number of people actually at this meeting. And in the group of maybe 20 odd, 25 members, there's probably three of us that are building a big team. We've got offices and you know, that's the game, that's the vision. And you know uh, the rest really have very little interest in doing that. They'd actually rather build a company without any of that if possible. Um, and the question they ask me all the time is like, what, why do you do it? Like, it seems like a hell of a lot of expense for the office space and the wage bill and, and the risk and all this stuff. And the only answer I can come up with is, I love it. Like, it gives me joy. And so could I build a business without any of this? Could I build a business just on my laptop in my little office at home? Yeah, probably. Um, could I still enjoy a fairly good life you know and and financial reward yeah with a lot less risk definitely um but if it doesn't give me joy then what the hell am i doing and and i'll tell you what during um like during what was it like spring summer 2020 when i was sat on my laptop in my office at home for weeks on end honestly that to me was like hell on earth it was like uh, it was so boring it just drained me completely um, and I couldn't wait to get back into the office and I know a lot of our team were the same um, which I think is rare in itself I think you know a lot of times people actually don't really like the people they work with um, I think our team are definitely an exception to that um, like given the choice when we finish up on a Friday afternoon, most of them are hanging out with each other all weekend. I'm like, do you not see enough of each other? So Jav, you just hosted a, uh, like a bonfire barbecue um, for, uh, for bonfire night. Um, and like the weekend, like how many of the team came over to you? Eight, nine. Yeah, like nearly half the team just went over to Jav's house to hang out and, you know, and enjoy fireworks and barbecue and bonfire and all that. 
like they're hanging out together because they like each other. They don't have to do that. So I think when you create an environment like that, um, then which gives me joy, then you create the opportunity for the people to experience that as well. So yeah, great question to finish off. Um, quick recap or remember um, to send any questions you've got that you'd like to feature or put to me that you'd like to have featured in our regular open and real Q&A with Nick J. Uh, send them through to Jav on email. That's Jav, J-A-V, at expertempires.com. Um, feel free, of course, to leave reviews and comments below if you're watching this on YouTube. Subscribe so that you get notified when new episodes go live on whatever platform you're watching or listening this on. Um, that's it for today. Thanks for tuning in. See you soon. Remember, more you connect, more you connect. Okay, that's it for today. Thank you so much for listening to Empire Builders. Please subscribe, leave us a review on Apple, on Spotify, on other platforms, and uh, share the love, tell your friends. Remember, till next time, the more you connect, the more you collect.